you don't have to figure it out on your own. If you're looking for truth, inspiration, and tips for success in the classroom and beyond, you're in the right place. It's time to turn the page to the future of the profession. This is the next chapter for Teachers Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin Spinagle, and thank you for listening to episode 19 of the next chapter for Teachers Podcast. I'm not sure where you're at in your summer break, if you're listening during summer, but for me, at the time of this recording, there is exactly one month left of summer break. Time flies. This time next week, or next month rather, I'll be getting ready for school. Maybe you've already started thinking about it or planning for the new year, but maybe you also are, shh, don't say anything yet, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm trying to not start thinking about it in earnest either, and I'm not too jazzed by all the displays at Target and Walmart for back to school, because it's just like it's making it come faster. I know a lot of people focus on what you need to start the school year. Uh, you start seeing that on social media or seeing that online and there are a lot of things that you do need too many to put in one podcast so what i am going to focus on today are the things you don't need for back to school don't need now i need to clarify something for you because it's been a while since i've introduced myself or maybe this is the first time listening to this podcast so this is coming from the perspective of somebody who has taught upper elementary for going on 21 years. Wow. This year, I am starting what could be my final decade in the classroom. That is amazing. I feel like that giant-eyed emoji saying that. So this episode is directed to my elementary, upper elementary listeners. It might also apply to you if you're middle or high school, but it's mostly for them. And it's also more for those people who perhaps you're a newly hired teacher and while you feel excited, you're getting a little overwhelmed at all there is to do and acquire before the start of the year. Or maybe you're headed back into the classroom after being on an extended break in your career and you're coming back to get started after a while. Or maybe you haven't recuperated from last year yet and you're feeling a little or a lot burnt out from that. Or perhaps you know going into this school year that it's going to be a little more difficult due to circumstances out of your control, not necessarily classroom related, but things going on in your personal life. I've been in all of those situations at the start of the year, and it's not a great feeling. I felt inadequate and dismayed that there was an ever-growing list of things to do or to get just to keep my head above water, not to mention try to keep up with everyone else. So before I begin my list of things you don't need for back to school, I'll tell you what matters most. What matters most is that you go in there and you teach the kids and help them realize their purpose in this world. Being a good teacher has nothing to do with all the hooey that you have seen on TikTok and Instagram reels this summer while you're, you know, you're mindlessly scrolling through your phone and if that is a habit you need to break, Check out episode three on social media and teachers to see if what you are consuming online is making you well or sick. And well and sick are acronyms used in that episode. 
your students need you or they're going to need you and what you have to share with them from your mind and your heart. Not what caught your eye at the target dollar spot. So just before we get started, you are what's most important in that classroom for those children. Also, let's just put this out there. Being a teacher is an expense in itself. There are ultimately going to be so many things that you'll be purchasing for your classroom, either what I call passion purchases or things that are truly out of need. So not going for broke literally at the beginning of the school year to set up your room is very important in the long run. And one more thing, if any of the things that I'm about to tell you is something that you love, something that gets your serotonin going and pumps you up to go back to school, by all means, carry on. Get it, girl or boy? That's great. Do it. But this is for the people that feel they must fill their shopping cart and fill their life at the beginning of the year with all the things because that one account you follow on social media told you to or makes it look really good or really absolute. So let's go unshopping or de-influencing. I really like that word. I like that better than unshopping, actually. So what do you need to start the school year? What do you not need, rather, the no's? And like I said, if you do these things or like these things, go ahead, keep them. But if not, number one, teachers do not need matchy-matchy color-coordinated supplies or even a theme to start the school year. I said what I said. Yes, it is very pretty. It's even prettier with that Instagram filter. But you can have a functional, pleasing to the eye classroom without having the pretty shiplap bulletin board paper or mint green everything or all the groovy 70s goodness. These kids don't even know what the 70s were. It's you that thinks that the peace signs and the Volkswagen buses are cute. They are cute, but still. Themes and colors won't matter two weeks into the school year when you need to reteach how to line up and you need to have a strategy for how you're going to pre-assess all your students for the literacy or inventory. I think the first thing practically that you can cross off your mental load is coming up with a theme or a color scheme for the year. Now, if you love that and you have time for it, carry on. But if it stresses you out, doesn't light your fire, move on. You're going to have plenty of other things to do. Number two, teachers don't need to do the large calendars that have to be changed out and renumbered throughout the year in their classrooms. This kind of goes back to why you don't need a theme, but let me explain further. I am talking about those big color-coordinated calendars that have the months and the days that you change out throughout the year. They look nice. They're very attractive. The idea of them is nice. But you know what's not nice? When you have to change them out every month. And then come October, when disillusionment hits, you can see episode four where I talk about the disillusionment stage in teaching that we all go through every year. That calendar is going to stay parked at September for months. And then one day in the middle of January, you're going to look up during a math lesson at that giant albatross of a calendar you gave up on that's still at September, and you're going to feel like a failure unnecessarily. That doesn't mean you're a failure if you don't change out your news, your uh, calendar, but I'm just saying. 
why do we put up those big calendars anyway? So we'll know the date. Uh, but you know what is easier to maintain and takes up less space? Write the date on the board. Use a regular, use a regular size flip through calendar and hang it on the board or somewhere your students frequent, like above the pencil sharpener or by the door, so they can see the important dates or see a calendar. Or if you have access to technology, they may very well have a calendar already on their device. Or you can airdrop the newsletter calendar to them, but torturing yourself with the giant calendar baby <laughs> that needs changing constantly? No, don't do that to yourself. You don't need it and neither do your kids. You will survive. And I have been that person who tried to do the giant calendar that you change out or change dates on. I even had to try erase one. All I had to do was erase the dates and put them on. No, no, just write the date on the board. It works just as well. And just give them a regular calendar. Yes, and life goes on. You can do great stuff. So this also applies, just while I'm thinking of it, for any large display in your classroom that would need to be changed over time. Keep those in a, in a minimum. You don't need those because you're going to have more than enough to occupy your time once the school year gets going. You want to set it to forget it when it comes to decorating your classroom, however that may be. Moving on. Number three, teachers do not need classroom jobs to start the school year or at all during the year. So this gets away from the physical things you don't need. Although it does kind of touch on classroom displays because lots of teachers will do like a little display in the room where they have the classroom job set up or have something on the bulletin board where you can change out the classroom jobs. And someone is not going to agree with me, but that's good. We need different viewpoints. But you're listening to me and you're about to hear my viewpoint. Yes, classroom jobs are a great way to have your students take responsibility and ownership over the classroom, and they need to be accountable for cleaning up their space and using materials correctly. I totally, absolutely agree with that. And you can establish that and expect that from them without classroom jobs. Those expectations and the modeling of how to be responsible, that comes from you, not from necessarily having classroom jobs but it also comes from just teaching them how to be mindful of their space and yours. So you don't need classroom jobs that have to be changed out or remembered on a daily basis. You don't, no, no, no. If you have an established system for doing this in your classroom already and you've got it on lock, that's great, keep it up. If you're feeling overwhelmed though, and you, like, you've got to come up with this unique system for classroom jobs and get it set up while you're putting together how you're gonna teach spelling each week, please choose spelling. Classroom jobs is something you can eliminate. So what can you do? Because I know there's things in the classroom that need done. An alternative is to have a helper of the week. Just keep it simple. Just pick one or two students and have a backup or a substitute and just have those kids help you. Run errands to the office, pass out materials, sweep. At the end of the day, that's it. No jobs to change out, no display to change up each week, nobody arguing over who did what job last because you don't need that in your life. Okay, so I'm telling you, streamlining it to just a helper and forgetting doing the entire job system for the year. You can bypass that and have a great, successful, effective classroom. Number four. This is going to get into the ugly territory where people aren't going to agree, but it's okay. Number four. Teachers don't need to go out and buy those giant student desk name tags for back to school. 
Let me explain so you have a visual if you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about. These are these desk helper name tags, if you will, that have everything but the kitchen sink on them. It's a good idea. I mean, in theory, it sounds like it's going to be a good thing. They got the alphabet on them. They got number lines, fractions, be kind reminders, you know, and, and there's a space to put their name in there too. They're very, they're very pretty. And it sounds like a great idea to give your students this lovely desk helper name tag to start off the year. Real talk time. First, I've seen things on these super name tags that I'd rather my kids not have access to in the event of a quiz or a test and then it's right there on their desk that they could use it. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. Not that it wouldn't matter anyway because you know what else goes on the desks? Books, iPads, worksheets. They're not going to see the fancy pants name tag once you start teaching because you will be teaching and you will be giving them things that have the resources on them anyway. Also, more real talk. You can glue those name tags. You can tape them. You can contact paper those things to the top of that desk. You can even get those fancy plastic sleeves you put the name tags in and stick them on there. And it will not matter. Because that name tag will end up peeling off the desk at some point. Oh, go ahead. Make some incentive or consequence if the kid peels it off, either on purpose or just from wear and tear. But that name tag is going to have seen better days by March, if not before. So what can you do so you can learn their names and the kids can find out where they sit? All right. Go to the Dollar Tree. Get a couple of packs of simple student name tags. They have them in the, in the school section. Probably for like a fraction of the cost of those name tag zillas that I'm talking about. I like to put their name tags on the front, not the top of the desk. So then I could see and learn their names quickly. And so the kids couldn't peel them off because, I mean, as long as the kids could see where their desk was on the first day and get that established, you know, they don't really need to see what their name is. I do, though. You can also put their names on the sides if you start them out in groups. But I didn't start them out in groups on the first day, first week of school. I went in a couple of days to put them in groups so I could learn a little bit more about them and who should be with who. But that's for our classroom management episode. I'll get more into that. If they sit at tables and not desks, just do like name tents. And I've seen the Dollar Tree name tags or name um, tents that are like that. You just can fold them or you can cut them apart. So that is an option too. What you can also do, you can just write their name on the desk or table with a Sharpie or dry erase marker. It will come off hand sanitizer or a wipe every time. So you're not damaging property. I know. Clutch the pearls. I mean, for teachers, we don't have pearls. Clutch the lanyards. <laughs> You just don't need to invest the time and energy that's so very limited at the start of the year in money. Let's put it that way. In the money, into name tags. There are simpler, easier ways to do it, and it won't matter once you start teaching anyway. Okay? So, end rant on the name tags. You don't need them or need the fancy ones. And number five. There's another one people aren't going to like, but it's true. If you're feeling like you got to make your classroom look like a certain type of classroom. You don't need to get pillows and rugs and fancy squishy chairs for your classroom for back to school. Yes, I said what I said. And I know Instagram told you differently. Instagram told you that those things make a classroom environment more inviting and friendly and calming. But Instagram didn't tell you how dirty those things are going to get and how fast. It won't take long, especially rugs. For time 
and sanitary purposes, you need to have things in your room that you can wipe down and disinfect quickly. And you can't do that with fabric surfaces. If someone throws up or has an itchy head, you know what I mean? Ah, won't get too into it. But anyway, that rug and those pillows are going to lose their appeal fast. And I understand the need to make your space inviting and fun. But my workspace at home looks a lot different than where my living room resting area is. Or not rest area, but my bedroom. Let's put it that way. Do I, do I work in my living room sometimes? Yes, but I'm at home, off duty. This is not going to be everybody's popular opinion, I know. There are very different viewpoints on how to set up a classroom, but there is a difference between a classroom and a bedroom or another living or home space. Or, you know, workspace, even. There are ways to make your classroom inviting without going all HGTV on it. Yeah, I'm afraid to say that one of those ways is to have a theme or coordinating colors because I already told you you don't need that for back to school. But honestly, the best way to have your classroom be inviting is to have your students create it. You know, put their work and creations up. It may not happen right away. It might build into this welcoming environment over time, but that's all right. That's kind of what's supposed to happen. It's supposed to become theirs over time. You can put out books that might interest them or bring in pictures uh, that were that are important to you or that of things that were important to you at their age that builds connection and community more than those see-through blow-up chairs from five below that are going to get punctured by a speeding pencil point um, within the first three weeks so to review five things you don't need for back to school this year take them off your shopping list and your mental load so that you can put the your energy and your pennies into other things and this is especially true, remember, if your body, soul, and wallet are operating on a shoestring budget. These are the five. Number one, matchy-matchy supplies or a theme. Don't need it. You can still be a good teacher without them. Giant wall calendars that have to be changed monthly or any bulletin boards that have to be changed out, period. Classroom jobs. Just do helpers of the week. It'll work out just the same. Those giant, all-knowing, super name tag, desk topper, space sucker things. <laughs> and number five, pillows, rugs, furniture that takes up more space or dollars than you have. So all of that, just to say, the most important thing that's ready to go on the first day of school is you, not your stuff. Having a plan for how you will teach behaviors and content will always supersede the little things that seem to take up a lot of space before the kids show up on the first day. There's much more we're going to talk about on this subject with getting ready for back to school. I hope you're ready for it because I believe that getting you in the right mindset is what's going to matter most. all for this episode of the next chapter for teachers podcast if you like what you heard be sure to rate subscribe and leave a review join us next time when we turn the page to the future of the profession until then remember to be different but more importantly be the difference and i'll see you in the next chapter